Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. No One Likes Us Clothing is the clothing range designed by Millwall fans for Millwall fans. Caps, t-shirts, polos, they've got it all. Visit noonelikesus.co.uk for the full range. Or, if you're in Bermondsey on a match day, why not have a pint in the Blue Anchor pub and pick up a Nolu polo shirt, Nolu clothing, www.noonelikesus.co.uk. You're listening to Acton Moorwall, broadcasting from the beautiful South Bermondsey. Accept no substitute. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Acton Mill, the number one Mill podcast. My name is Nick Hart, and joining me in the aftermath of last night's very disappointing result up there at Turf Moor, Burnley, is Mr. Ryan Loftus. How are you, Ryan? Not too bad, Nick. I've got my work out for me today, uh, getting you out of your funk that, that the Mill result has, has put you into, but I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure I'll give it my best go. <laughs> I feel genuinely flat after that performance last night. It was um, it was a strange game in some ways because the starting eleven, which we'll read out for the listeners, uh, Barton goal back line of Hutchinson, Cooper, and Creswell, McNamara and uh, Wallace on the left. Uh, Wallace McNamara on the right midfield. Shackleton, Fleming, Ish shuttling forwards from the from the front line. I suppose Savile and up front Bradshaw verbal some. I mean that starting eleven which had three changes, I think, Ryan. It didn't look too bad pre game. I, I I think a lot, myself included, were quite approving of it before the kickoff. Yeah, I think it's what, what people wanted. I think saw, saw a lot of the like predicted lineups and, and people putting out what they'd put out and it was it was pretty in line with what people thought. I thought, you know, dropping Malone was, was what people wanted, dropping a phobia is what people wanted. Yeah, maybe an argument if you had Bury in there or not, rather than Bradshaw. Um, but obviously Bradshaw, you know, coming back from injury, hasn't had too much of a look in this season, so can understand why he starts. But yeah, it looked like what people wanted, and, and then you get the, the performance that you get, and that, that's not necessarily what you want from from the changes. It wasn't a bad first half. I mean, I wouldn't say it was a brilliant first half, listeners, but we were in the game. I'm just looking at my notes. I mean, a couple of Burnley chances, which you would expect from an ex-Premier League side, Ryan, with uh, uh, a glamour manager, Vincent Company, and, and obviously an ability to attract players that have quality uh, and financial resources, obviously, with their parachute payments. But, you know, we we had a good chance. Fleming, um, the free kick on 14 minutes, uh, was well saved by their goalkeeper. Another day that might have gone in. But I thought we didn't do a bad job in the first half of containing them. No, not a bad half. It's it's 
I tweeted out during the towards the end of the game really it was it was pretty much a carbon copy of the Norwich game you know we we did what we do and and kind of sit off and and contain them like you say we had one chance which I think again we had in the Norwich game in the first half we had one like good chance mm. okay this time it was Fleming's free kick but beyond that nothing else really it's the frustrating thing that <clears throat> I'm, I'm worried I wrote about I wrote last week for London football scene about Millwall's away form and the problems that we've got on the road and I'm worried that we get into the stage where it is the kind of Neil Harris, the end of the Neil Harris era, where it was very much setting up for a draw and hoping if, if we can nick a goal, that's fine. But ultimately we want the draw. And it's, it's that fear of losing. I think when Alec first came in and we were doing really well on the road and getting up a little one nil wins and whatever, there was definitely, the side was set up to attack still, although we were sitting off and containing teams. Yeah. It felt like one. It felt like we were controlling the game a lot more. Doing that, we were. Although the team had the ball, we were in control of where they had it, where they got with it. At the moment, it seems like we're not really controlling it. We're kind of just not hanging on necessarily, but we're really kind of just trying to shut up shop. And then where it used to be, where we had a clear when we get the ball, how we're attacking and we're getting chances. I feel like that isn't there anymore. I feel like we're not. We don't look like we're. We're threatening on the break often enough for me for away performances. And I know some people put it out, which is, is I think, fair enough that the teams that we've had so far away have been hard games. Obviously, two of the relegated sides. It's a hard have, league, though, Ryan. I mean, they're hard games, yes, but it's a hard, well, hard know, division. We've played the top three, who are current, like, you know, the current top three away. And then yeah. Swansea, which we, again, Swansea may be the outlier for it. The fact that they're you know not doing well and that we just about scraped a draw. But it's, it's performance as well, isn't it? It's... It's performance. It's, it's you. You feel like you're getting to that stage of acceptance that we're not good enough. Which I felt like under Rowett for the most part of his tenure, he really wanted to do away with that. You know, one it was all positive messaging of we're going for top six. Where we can compete, we have to compete in our own way, but we can compete. The performances now are starting to look a little bit like we feel like we're not good enough, and we're 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 hoping to nick a draw or potentially nick a win. But that looks very unlikely at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny you say hanging on. I'd, I'd written clinging on at the start of the second half. A couple of early chances for Burnley. I think a terrific Bart save. Um, was it Teller? I think that was that looked by far their most dangerous player. Um, but I mean, they, they looked a decent side in in fairness to to Burnley. Um, but the opening of the of the second half. I mean, yes, we were. We were still in it. I mean, we actually had a chance. Um, Vogel, some terrific uh, ball, uh, Vogel to Fleming, and then I think Murray Wallace kind of hit the post with a with a slap shot inside the six yard box. So we weren't exactly out of it, but it's it's these self inflicted errors and poor defending that that does for us, Ryan. It's done for us really, um, apart from the Stoke game. Pretty much every game this season has featured a self-inflicted error at some point. I mean, I've, I've got that really down for both goals. Both were soft. The The first one was that crossing from the right, which seemed to creep across the goal, no one really clearing it. And then obviously the second one was um, unlucky on Bart because he, he performs miracles, as we know, but he did spill it and uh, allowing, I think, Rodriguez to, to, to slam it home. And that was game, set and match. As soon as we went one down, it felt like game over to me. Yeah, I think that's... I think. Was it Carl or Max on the stream I was watching? It on one of them said before, or just as the start of the second half, which was a bit like you know, this is kind of where Millwall are. They said they cannot let Nor or cannot let Burnley get a goal get in front. Yeah, if they get in front, yeah. then we lose. Yeah. basically. and that's not a 
it's not a great position to be in 45 minutes to go in the game saying that if this team scores one goal there is no way we're going to get anything from this game because we just can't get the ball off them or can't threaten them enough like and that's the you know the commentary team who, who watch them every week saying that that's not a great great position to be in I think yeah the the, the first goal obviously you probably put it down to Matt Namara just did not follow his man was didn't seem to have any awareness he's not been great actually Matt Namara I think I can't remember who it was, but I think someone else scored a pretty much identical goal against us where he kind of just didn't didn't pick up the man. And I know that, that happens quite a lot. It's quite easy to switch off there, um, especially where you, you maybe start thinking someone else is going to clear it. But again, it's in that zone where it's quite hard and you, you can't really switch off. And, and it's a classic case of the, the striker wanting it more. And then the second one, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really poor, really, from, from Barto. You'd expect better from, but... Yeah, you would, but, you know... Just, I know, I know there was potentially... One of the defenders, it, 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 Rodriguez was perfectly placed, which you have to be as a striker in that situation, really perfectly placed to to get the tap in. You know, if he drops it either way to the left or right, then Cooper and Hutchinson are there to clear it, but but he doesn't. And yeah, it's just it's just not not ideal when you're not defensively solid, which we are are used to being or used to expecting from Millwall. When it looks like teams aren't having to work too hard, like. Hmm. For all the dominant that, that that Burnley had, they they weren't constantly knocking on the door. They weren't there wasn't loads of last gasp save and last gasp chances. Like a lot of their chances were, you know, kind of on the angle or outside the box where they're 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 not very, you know, they're, they're not very good efforts or not very like high xG or high probability of scoring. I think Sean Dyche, that's basically his his old mantra used to be: Burnley would always concede loads and loads of shots. But they were from such bad angles and so far out that they it never didn't matter really so much. Yeah. So he was happy to give up twenty shots a game if all of them were outside the box and and from a you know less than forty five degree angle. Then it doesn't really matter. But it did. Yeah, it didn't feel like Burnley were doing that. It didn't feel like they were getting. Bart was performing miracles, like you say. I don't, I don't feel like he had loads to do. Weirdly, I think he made a couple of good saves. I don't think he made anything that was like outstanding. And then yeah. it's just kind of. The inevitable, you, you feel. Very we, we, we livened up as ever. We we livened up a little bit with substitutions. Came in with two goals behind. Um, Rowett makes some late substitutions. A chance for uh, a phobie, uh, which uh, he can't How buy a goal at the moment. Can he? How can't, did he miss that? I don't know. I mean, that's when the gods are smiling on you. They're smiling when they're not. <laughs> you can't. You can't buy a goal. Um, you know, a few late flurries, Ryan, but overall it was a very disappointing performance because we there's I still get a sense there's a decent there's a decent side in there. It's just not being set up and they're not playing for the manager in a way that produces danger moments. And I but I still do think because I want to pick out some positives before we go on to the reaction after the game. But I mean Fleming is a major, major talented boy. I like him. Mm. Uh, I love really looking Vogel Sammer. Um and Bury, obviously, where he came into the game late. Um, you know, these these are positives. We we've got to set up, we've got to play to our positives because we do have some talented boys there, but we're not giving them the chance at the moment to, to show it. Yeah, I think Fleming looks great. Like Fleming looks I know he was kind of taking on kind of wild shots last night. I think he was kind of there was that one where he just got the pass slightly wrong to, to Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah Bradshaw after he was played through. And he he just yeah just missed it, but free kick was good. Couple of efforts that you know you know he's not afraid to take on. You know Mill don't really score that many goals from outside the box. I feel I don't feel we have those sort of players, but 
he looks like he's going to be a, a proper threat. Um, he obviously just needs support and, and other people around him to do it as well. Yeah. Samuel as well, yeah, look, looks good. I think surprised by how versatile he was. I think him and I thought he would pretty much be the the out and out striker. Um, but a lot of the time he was dropping quite deep and and getting uh, behind Fleming and putting Fleming through. I thought it'd be the other way around. So I think it's interesting to see how how those two will will link up. Yeah, other, other than that, yeah, you're really scratching at it. You're just really scratching around for positives. I think. I agree. We just don't look like we're set up to score. I mean, we've we've never been set up to score goals really under our like that that much. I think creativity has always been the big problem, and I think after these last few games, that's where we're really starting to see like the 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 Jed Wallace gap. I mean, pace is something we don't really have. I don't no, know. No, no. Great, but again, thinking back to like the, the good away wins of, of yesteryear, although it was only you know two or three seasons ago, maybe, but pace on the break and hitting people. I know we'd often have Romeo and Wallace like absolutely going at teams down the right and Malone has lost a yard of pace, but he used to kind of fly up that left wing as well. We just don't look like, it, it seems like, I remember Rowett once saying, I can't remember, it was a season or so ago, how hard we have to work to score goals. You know, when it whether it's a set piece or a, yeah, a yeah, yeah. Or whatever. He used to say, you know, this team, we have to work really hard to score goals. And obviously, all teams do, but more so than others. We're getting back to the stage where the amount of effort we're having to put in to get a goal is... It's, it's disproportionate. I, I yeah, do agree. Exactly. It's getting um, too far away. I mean, it's now, what, three without a goal? Well, four without a goal scored by a Millwall player. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, se- the season, although it's only seven games in, listeners, um, and it's early... They do say the ten game is uh, mark is is a point where you start to make judgments on a team's potential for the season. Um, at the moment, we're in nineteenth position and early early in the season to be looking at a league table. But there it is. You'd, you'd you'd look at it if you were top or bottom. So we've got to look at it in nineteenth, um, seven games in. But it does feel like the season is the, the wheels are slight starting to if not come off. They're getting a bit loose on the axles. Um, even some of the post-match comments from from Gary Rowett, he's, he, he seems to be. I've got it here. He says disappointed with the uh, the nature of the goals that we're conceding. Uh, and this one caught my eye today. It's on I think London News Online. He says to Richard Corley, I'm guessing I don't think we've got that many players at the moment who are saying you've got to pick me every week. We need people to step up because we're better than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you start saying that, it's, it's the Marino. Um, thing and that you start to criticise your players in public rather than behind closed doors. It never feels good. Yeah, and it, that's an interesting comment as well because it's his squad. Like, there's no doubt that it's his squad now. Yeah, um, it's hit the players he's brought in and the players he's opted to back for the last few seasons. You know, Malone has come through a lot of criticism, but he's always continued to back him and talk about him as one of the best left wing backs in the division on his day. You know, he's he's. It's interesting to to hear that. And that also does make it feel like, you know, he just feels like the players aren't necessarily performing to what he wants to do. I do feel I do feel he's taking a massive gamble this year with not just not having any wingers. Mm. Not the, the squad is so one dimensional. Down the middle, it, yeah. It yeah. is entirely there is there it's so one dimensional that it's it's I think for the championship especially, it's quite like for me it's quite concerning that when one thing doesn't work. And okay, maybe previously we've had Jed Wallace to then go. Here's the ball. Can you can you do something with it? Because this isn't working. We're now in the situation where if that one thing doesn't work, like 
like I keep saying every time I come on at the moment, the wing backs are massively important and they're doing nothing at all this year. They're not even No, they're, they're poor, both. I mean, we, we have, and that includes Danny Mack. I know he's Millwall for and through, et cetera, yeah, but... et cetera. But you judge on what you see, Ryan. And, you know, both of them, Malone and Danny, have not been yeah. playing to their, their potential. Yeah, and it was hard for, for Murray Wallace to get too far forward yesterday. But, you know, and, and if you're just going to play through the middle constantly, when you're playing against teams, which a lot of the teams in this division are who are better at retaining the ball than us yeah. you're going to really struggle because they will just play triangles around you and that's what you want you know there's always the thing of the touchline is an extra defender so that's why teams play wide you know if you if you play wide then you can shut teams out if you're channeling everything through the middle you know our midfield doesn't look great at the moment it looks quite lightweight teams are passing their way through it pretty easily you know we keep setting up with two in yeah midfield. yeah we keep setting up with two in midfield so when we're playing teams who are playing a four three three or have three in midfield, they will just play around us. They got more numbers, and then it's just about getting into getting into dangerous spaces. I just feel like we're very on the back foot at the moment, and I would I would like to say all those who are who are calling for for Gary Rowett's head, you know, sooner rather than later. I I, I will direct you back to a couple of seasons ago when we went fifteen games without a win, and it, and he clung on. So. Um, well, he's got a track record of that. I was just going to make that very point. I mean, you know, I, I always refer back to Peterborough, but there's been other. Uh, I think during the the, uh, the, uh, the the lockout season, there were there were some stretches of poor results, um, with continuous losses, blah blah blah. Um, he does have a survival instinct somehow. He he seems to find something from somewhere. And Saturday would be a great time to to, to find the result because we we're all basically interested in, in the outcome for Millwall FC, not necessarily for Gary Rowett. Mm. Um, he's got a big game Saturday, Ryan, and it's got potential to go badly wrong on his on him if if he if he produces or his team, because the players are involved in this, produce another flat performance like we've seen recently. It could go badly wrong on him. Yeah, definitely. I think I think that run was was one win in fifteen. Sorry, not no wins. Um, but mm. I think what hasn't happened really too much under out from what I can see is really long um, losing streaks. So I think the most is three, and we're kind of up to that now. And I, I looking at that now, I remember that was the when we beat West Brom two 0 to break that streak, and and their manager got yeah. sacked, and it it was kind of a, a turning point. I think obviously it's always been draws, hasn't it? So the fact that we're not even getting close to getting draws at the moment is a problem, and I wonder how many losses in a row. Um, I think Harry keeps saying in our group, you know, or we were saying definitely before the season, like. The manager can have any backing until until you lose five games in a row, and then it all changes. Which I think is definitely the the truth. You know, if you're on that slide, you know, Millwall aren't aboard to take quick, drastic action. I don't think, but um, you know, it, it does come a point where you, they're going to need to start winning games, and they're going to start. I mean, it's hard. What's hard for a board is always how how much do you base it just on pure performance? You know, if if we nick a couple of games one nil, like by the skin of our teeth, is that I don't. I don't think, from a fan point of view, I don't think that's enough to kind of get everyone back on board. I think we need a couple convincing performances. I think, from a from a behind the scenes point of view, it might it might be. I mean, he's been backed. I mean, it seems strange yeah, to be talking like this. Um, I remember Aaron and I did a a, a kind of a, a Gary Rowett contract renewal show during the summertime, and how, yeah. how that was seen as good news. Um, so it's football changes very quickly. I'm struck by AFC Bournemouth sacking um, Scott Parker, the man who's just got them into the Premier League. Yes, he's taken a pasting at, at Liverpool, but, you know, um, football at that level, Ryan, is, and maybe has to be, 
because it's not a sentimental business. It's a ruthless business. Um, and Millwall as a club, and I include, I've said this before, repeat myself, listeners, but we as a fan base and as a club, I don't think we are a ruthless club. No. We tend to we tend to rest on sentiment. Um, the number of times you and me will read online about how great it would be if some ex-player came back as a coach or future manager it always intrigues me. Mm. Um, it, it, it's it's in the DNA of, of of the of the club to to um, not to be ruthless. But I think you know the, the situation is fast approaching where um, if the, the Gary Rowett project is not working and the the squad as a, as a group don't seem to believe in him, Ryan, then you have to face these questions at some point, possibly fairly soon, if it's not if it's just not working out, because money's been invested this time. Yeah, and that, that's generally what gets people talking um, and, and kind of raises expectations. I think they're not... Yeah, Mill aren't, aren't ruthless, are they? Obviously, Harris resigned himself. I think we do leave it quite late before making drastic changes. And, and part of that is... You know, part of it for, for this is is for the board. They've given him, they've given Gary Rowett a new contract in the in the summer. You know, the the amount that it costs to get rid of him just has <laughs> exponentially gone up. So, I would be surprised unless things go really, really, really badly. I will be surprised if Gary Rowett isn't still the manager by the time the World Cup comes personally. for that break, that four week break. I, yeah. I think, I think you know, things will have to be. We would have to be, I think, in the relegation zone and looking bad. I, I, I mean. I don't know. I don't know where the bar sells. I don't know where everyone kind of sits um, behind the scenes and, and what the expectations are like behind the scenes. But I think obviously the expectation is to get to the playoffs or yeah, to get top six, the top six. Yeah, and yeah. that's why I think I was. I think we spoke about that a bit towards the end of last season. Is when we were looking like we were maybe going to drop to twelfth, thirteenth, which wasn't a disaster. I think we were asking the question: Is how far off the playoffs is too far off the playoffs? Mm. You know, and is it is it the fact that you know, we could be eight points, but it was a couple of performances away, you know, it, or the fact that it was get went to the last day of the season, or is it, you know, if there's nothing to play for with five games to go, is that too far off the play? So it's it's a hard, it's a hard remit to set because obviously I don't think the remit is reach the playoffs. The re- I think the remit is try to reach the playoffs and that has a lot of grey area around it. So I think, I think drastic change would, would be unlikely at this, especially at this point. Um, I'll be interested to see if they do a lot more business in the transfer market, I think we haven't got any loan. We've got two loan players in, don't we? But um, Shackleton has obviously got the option to buy. I wouldn't be surprised to see a couple more loan players. I think I think we need to sign a winger. We need to sign. We need width. We would badly lack. Need I mean, width badly. Just as a just as an option, because we've got Bury who can play one of them. If it's only a, a plan B, we need a winger who can come on. I think. Joe Bryan was mentioned by by a few fans as a as a left back who might be kind of on his way out from Fulham, and right. I think that's where Mill Mill need to be looking. We need to be looking around the clubs who've just got promoted or who are around that kind of relegation zone, who have players on the fringes, a bit like Shackleton on the fringes, doesn't really think he's going to get any game time. So let's try and snap them up because right towards the end of the window, if it becomes clear, I mean, what's it close today? Is it? Is it the today? Isn't it? Yeah, we're recording on the first. So no, yeah, well, then, then I'm not holding up too much hope then. Actually, so by by the time you hear this, listeners, it might be out of date. Um, but <laughs> you know, I think it's it's hard because yeah, again, early in early in the window, you think our oh, business has been quite good. When we got honeymoon phobia and Fleming, everyone's going, oh, this is this is really good. And now mm-hmm. you look at the squad and how they're playing, and you go, Jesus, we need three or four more. But 
it's is it of, is it management or is it is it just that the players aren't as good as we thought they were? Is, is, is it the quality of the manager and his decision making? Um, because you get you know you you and I breathe the same or similar posts online. A lot of people questioning his his tactical nous, uh, his rigidity, his one dimensional approach, which you've mentioned, Ryan. And um, you know, um, is there a is there? A, my, I don't know if it's become a cliche in my head, and um, I keep telling myself there's a better team here than, than there's playing in front of us. Um, and it must come back to tactics and approach and uh, motivation by the by the man that's managing. For me, yeah, I think that's a big part, and that's that's the thing with with football. You can argue, you know, to the end of time about about what exactly is it for. You know, you can say, well. It's just an infinite loop you get into. Well, the players aren't good enough, but that's because the manager's not got them playing right and they're not trying hard enough. But they're not trying hard enough because they don't like the match. Like, and you end up in a massive loop. And I think generally in football, something has to give. And the whole thing is, is it's easier to change a manager than it is to change your entire squad. So yeah, I think I was, I was having a chat with Simon Moorcroft, I think it was online yesterday about the the coaching staff, actually. It's, it's quite interesting. He, he raised the fact that what does Adam Barrett do? Um, <laughs> which I've, has a question I've asked myself a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he survived the Neil Harris reign. And, you know, I don't know the, the credentials of each of these individual coaches that Millwall have and, and how good they are and what impact they have. But one thing I do think I do kind of raise to myself quite often is an issue is they're all centre-backs. Yeah, all, they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Howard, Barrett, Robinson, and Andy Marshall seems to be, you know, a goalkeeper, but seems to be kind of in and around that kind of core thinking group. But they're all centre-backs. Obviously, Callum Davidson, if we go back to him, not, I don't think he would. He was like the answer. He wasn't like the, the savant behind pulling the strings. No, no, no. But he was a midfielder who potentially thought about the game differently. And I'm not saying, you know, Vincent Company's a centre-back and he's not playing like we played. So it's not as simple as that either. But sometimes do you need a, an alternative voice in the dressing room that, that will maybe make, make you think? It's pretty hard what, to say, what, what do you do to, to, to change it up? I think... What fans will not want to see really is just what we maybe we've seen before, which is just sheer persistence, which is, you know, playing the exact same way with the exact same players, maybe one or two changes every week and just seeing the same thing. I think we had that that slump last season and when we changed for the second half, I think one game was against Stoke, I can't remember the other, where he changed to a back four. Yeah. And, and we started looking really good. I think was it was it was it Luton or Coventry, maybe? Can't remember. Second second half of the game. We looks really good and really exciting. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Achtung, Mehlball. We never really saw that again. So I think it's going to be a matter of changing how how we're playing effectively um, and, and maybe taking a few more risks. When we do take risks, which we normally do when we're two goal, goals behind chasing a game, we actually look like a team that can generate some danger. We do have, and he, and he has, I mean, you know, I, I don't want it to be a, a slag fest for Gary Rowett because... No, um, you know, he, he, in some ways, he his style intrigued me because in watching Fleming, uh, Zian Fleming, and also Vogel, someone I hadn't come across previously. Um, even his, you know, some will say, you know, when he was, we had Jed Wallace last year. He, he clearly, he clearly has an eye for an attacking player, but he then doesn't seem to have the the instinct as to how to play them or to give them time. There's, there's a slight kind of conflict of um, thinking going on within Gary Rowett. It seems maybe it's this defensive centre back mentality. I don't know. Um, as, as I said already, I, I just think that there's a better team in this squad than is is being allowed to play. But I do agree we need more. Yeah, more on the wing. I think it's um, there's the old. You mentioned Jose Mourinho earlier. I think that's one thing that where his coaching style works and doesn't depending on the players you've got. I think he's of the the school that is very much defensive organisation is the mm. thing you coach and attacking. It was very much, you know, the attacking players, basically, I'll leave it up to you. We'll coach the, the method to defend and to start attacks. And once we've got to that point, my players should be good enough to know how to attack. And, and you know, you don't know if Gary Rowett has one foot in that camp or if he maybe is, you know, got very detailed and, and structured attacking systems that, the players aren't necessarily pulling off. It's it's hard to say, and he. I think I remember him saying one time last season, which I think is fair enough. I think he said, I think it was after those games where he slightly changed the system, and he said, "Well, we've been playing a system that has worked for a couple of couple of seasons now, and and whether whether whatever you think of Gay Rowett in terms of you liking him or not, I think it's hard to say. It's hard to argue that it has worked for the last two years. Mill have been really good for the last two years and finished, yeah. you know, kept improving and kept finishing higher. Um, whether or not that's you like the style or or, or necessarily you know how, how it's been done or if you like the man himself but it's hard to argue that it hasn't worked um so he's not going to just rip it up and start again because it's gone bad for for four or five games and i think i think that's that's fair enough as well you know if if he's if he's there is the stubbornness that can become a problem but there is the the self belief and the you know well i know what i'm doing and he has he has proved it to an extent so it it will be interesting to see I don't. I again, like I say, with the I don't expect him to be gone anytime soon. I don't expect him to be changing the system up massively anytime soon. I expect him to be getting into the players, and I expect him to be maybe making tweaks. I do think, again, my main thing is the width. I think that the attack maybe needs a slightly different structure, but at the moment we don't really have the personnel for it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would I would probably say to listeners, you know, strap yourself in for more of the same. Um, <laughs> is he not? I, is he not going to put bums on seats, Ryan? Love to see. Well, it's. I think. I think that's just the. You know, we've had what just like three years, just over three years, three years 
never remember. But yeah, you know, that, I think that's the way it goes with with Gary Rowett. I think he's he very much believes in what he does, and to 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 this point, you know, minus five games, he's largely been proved right in his, especially in his own mind, especially in kind of where the tables lie. So. I don't. I don't expect drastic radical change very quickly. Um, I expect. I, I expect Mill to. I don't know. I, I think the work is going to be done off the pitch in terms of improving the side. Um, like I say, it might be out of date in terms of in terms of transfers. If Mill do sign anyone before before the close of the window, I think it's unlikely. Looking at this, I think the loan window obviously continues a little bit after. So yeah, yeah. there's the potential there to after the window is closed, maybe, in, yeah. maybe dip dip in, get a couple where we could strengthen the squad. I think. I think they're, they're obviously glaring weak points in the squad. And Ryan Leonard's injury, which I don't think we've, we've spoken about, maybe we spoke about on the last show, is a problem. Um, yeah, we've had no luck injury-wise. That, that's yeah. been so for some time, isn't it? We've, you know, we've struggled with injuries for with these players, Mason um, Bennett and, and Ryan Leonard, both injury-prone. Um, it's a, right or wrong, that's, 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 the, that's the fact of the matter. So I'm going to pick out a few comments from the... Twitter, which I'll run past Ryan, Steve Perry talking about how the Gary Rowitz interview says we've conceded too many goals, which yes, we have. Um, how about um, we we simply aren't scoring or creating enough, says Steve. The way we set up invites pressure on the defence. Poor tactically from Rowett again tonight. Um, I mean, that's, that's, that's a fair point. We do, seem, we do seem to sit back and we invite good teams yeah. like Burnley. To have a lot of the football, um, yeah, I think the creating the creating chances has been a problem since day one since Rowett walked in. I think the amount of times I've said or written or thought that we just don't create enough, I think is mm. is you know pretty much once a week for the last three years. But yeah, yeah, the 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 interesting point there I think is about get we're not set up to kind of like stop team playing through us and and, and uh, get through. I think the midfield has previously been quite good at shutting teams down whereas yeah. now teams are getting through to the back five very very easily and exposing that back five because yes yeah. you know pace and, and they're not and, fast yeah no one's fast in that back yeah. five i mean Cresswell, all the jokes about him being massive i think being with being massive comes with generally not being that fast hutchinson if he does run too fast you worry his hamstring will snap and cooper is you know he's he is the, the human embodiment of the titanic so he's he doesn't turn <laughs> fantastically well I would, to say they prefer the ball in front of them is is probably an understatement, but so it's so it's hard. You need that protection from the from the midfield, and I feel like we're not really getting that this year. And there's been a lot of times where it's like watching when you watch Man United play, or when maybe last before the last couple of games, there there is no midfield, and opposition teams are quite quickly running at the back. They sniff it out, don't they? They sniff it out quite. quickly. And it's uh, yeah, so that is a problem. I think the midfield needs a bit more, a bit more snap in it. Maybe are we missing Keefton Belt? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Controversial <laughs> view. I think I, was, I saw him injured actually on on one of the Dutch. Um, oh, oh, he's, he's injured. Carrying the great trait of Millwall with him. <laughs> Rob Abbott, shout out to Rob. He asks, "Is Gary Rowett a ticking time bomb?" <laughs> um, he's come out of really bad spells in the last two years, which we Ryan's mentioned already. Can he do it again, or has he lost the dressing room? Um, Rob guesses that um, he's, he, he, he won't last beyond Saturday because he has no plan B or even plan C. I think uh, the plan C is asking a lot out of him, Rob. The plan B would be a good starting starting point. Um, a guy called Kane. Um, 
the, the black five the, the group know the back five uh isn't working and gary Rat won't change it he needs a new left back and a winger which i think is um is what we've been saying here ryan um and the comments on on his tendency to only make the substitutions when two nil down um when we're chasing a game from a long way back don't he says that gary rowett watches a different game um so it goes on um again james gibbons um says the center backs won't step up to the challenge they just back off gary rowett has shown his lack of tactical nous but he's been found out he says and also why he's stuck with benicophobia for so long You'll never know. Um, there we are. Um, you do get a sense of um, fractiousness around the, the place. And yeah. I do worry about Saturday too, dear listeners. Um, yeah. One thing as well was the that I, I noticed that I wasn't sure if this was an, a, all the, all, all, always the, the way with it. But the post-match interview with Guy Rowett after the game was entirely on the, the Millwall TV Plus. Yeah. The, yeah, pay per view. Yeah, but I haven't seen it too much this year. But isn't there normally a snippet to to kind of entice you in that that gets tweeted out, or is there? Well, they used to they used to put it on recast where you had to watch a couple of adverts, which I didn't mind. It, it induced a lot of rage online, but um, it's similar to what you have on YouTube. You're watching an advert to listen to this. Um, you know, our, our, our thoughts you have to listen to an advert or two along the way. It's kind of what makes it uh, what pays for it to happen. Um, but the, they've, they've put his interviews behind this uh, Mill TV paywall. Um, but yeah, you're right. There used to be about a minute or so. Yeah, you it. used to be able to get a little clip of it before. I used to lift it. I used to, I used to, I used to record yeah. it. So, so I wasn't, I wasn't sure if that was. I, I don't know. I hadn't seen. Maybe a listener can correct me. I hadn't seen this season. I thought even this no. season it continued that you would get a snippet. I just thought it was inter- an interesting thing that the whole thing was behind a yeah. a. Uh, on the on the Millwall TV Plus, and that's that did anger. I did see that did anger quite a lot of people. I think with the the fact that they had no access to the comments, especially after after a loss. You know, you, you feel like you deserve a bit at of least at least to hear the man himself and what, what yeah what, yeah. What, what so he did considering he did. considering you know initially it was the it was the big five minute long interviews with him that when he first yeah. came in. Obviously, I know the landscape has changed since then in terms of how Millwall delivering those, but. You used to get the the full five minute interview when people were praising him for how well he spoke, and mm. you feel like that 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 barrier there might doesn't be help doesn't help matters. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, I think it's a it's an interesting choice that I think people do want to hear, you know, reasoning from from the man himself, like you say. I mean, if the club are listening, I don't know what the what what the uh, the thinking is. I mean, I, don't, I suppose the thinking in the end, Ryan, is that you've got to get as much money out of, of, of uh, the business yeah. of football as you possibly can. So that that's the business yeah. ultimately. And like we're saying, if, if people actually want to listen to that, you know, people might not necessarily subscribe for the for the bonus content, but for the post match interviews, that's a yeah a relatively um, valuable thing. I think I guess people want to listen to. But a minute, a minute, fifty nine seconds snippet that goes onto I don't know Instagram or onto onto Twitter or whatever they they, yeah. they do it. It seems strikes me as good, good, um, good, uh, a good approach. Um, we shall see. I'm going to say thank you to Ryan. He's actually at work at the moment, so I really appreciate you taking your time out to talk to me today, Ryan. Thank you, mate. No worries. I work from home, so uh, you know. <laughs> We're going to play with some voicemails with Harry, who doesn't work at home. He works in a factory. And I'm going to play a few voicemails to play us out today. Um, let's keep our fingers crossed. Any other body parts you've got available crossed that Saturday goes 
well for us and there's a happy vibe and an attacking football and the goals fly in against Cardiff because I don't really want to think about um, if it doesn't work out so well. Until the next show, dear listeners, thank you for listening. And from Ryan and myself, it's Arriva Dirchi Millwall. Bye for now. Achtung, Millwall. So, in the morning after the night before, um, yeah, what the fuck was that last night? I know they're Burnley. I know they're quite good. I know Vincent Company's got them playing a good brand of football. But the same story as the rest of the season played out. I thought that in periods of the games, I think simply we were good. The goals we gave away um, were slightly soft. Well, the first one, I think, that I thought I got side about it. But, you know, it's... Um, Neither here nor there, Daniel Matching let him run off the back of him, and then the second goal is Bart making a very rare mistake after already keeping us in the game three or four times before that. So, you know, I think it would be extremely harsh to make a big thing of it, but yeah, it was a mistake. Um, again, the team selection I didn't disagree with at the start, apart from again. I'm not trying to be nasty towards Tom Bradshaw. I like Tom Bradshaw. I like the pressing element of his game. And um, on another night against another side, I would have liked to have seen him. But seeing him against Burnley, whereas Blog Slammer and Fleming seem to have a little bit of quality, and really, for me, if we're going to play a front three or continue this 4 3 3 formation, You've got that Fury, Blog Slammer, uh, Blog Slammer rather, and Fleming um, in the team because Fury's your uh, unpredictability, one who can carry the ball. Blog Slammer seems to be a bit of a player, and Fleming as well has got so much, so much talent, it's unbelievable. I mean, it is a shame that we never had in the last season because the rest of the team seems to be going backwards. Um, it was nice to see Scott Malone get dropped. Um, but again, he was brought back into the fold late on. Um, ben Ekopoli was finally dropped, only to be brought on. Um, Borg wants that. And then gets a chance, which he misses me inside the six-yard box. Um, it's three defeats on the spin. Um, I made a joke about four defeats. Um, a couple of weeks ago, a week or so ago, after the Fulham, uh, after we defeat against Norwich, I think we are very lucky that it's not four defeats as we sit here. I think the fact that we got a point at Swansea should be seen as some kind of modern miracle. Um, you know, one of the seven wonders of the world, because we could be four. We played, we played okay against Stoke. I felt at the time we played well against Stoke, but maybe Stoke aren't very good. So we played Stoke 1 2 0. We then lost 2 0 away at Sheffield United without really laying a glove on them and getting the job done. And we've then been absolutely diabolical against Coventry for large periods of the game, only to somehow pull something out of the bag by coming back after their goalkeeper's made a mistake and it's back into it. Um, and again, we're, we're, we're not doing the things that Gary Rowett's built his success and his success is 
chopped half finishes uh, in the championship, which were Millwall with success. Um, but this side doesn't look like it's capable of even that, and it's a side that's supposedly been built to change for the top six. And this side, I think, uh, a lot of Millwall fans think, from seeing the uh, seeing the reaction on Twitter, and feel the same as me that. This season was supposed to be the season that we, we make a serious challenge, that 10th would no longer be good enough in the sense that if you finish 10th and we were two points out of the playoffs, that's totally different than finishing 9 points, 12 points, 15 points outside the playoffs, finishing 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th. And I'll be totally honest, the team, in terms of quality, I, I have no reason to doubt its quality. It's been, it, there has been quality added to it. In last season, we have lost Jed Wallace, who is now unfortunately dearly departed and missed because what Wallace would have given you last night and what Gary Rowett is seemingly failing to realise is that when you when you defend, if you kick the ball out into the channel, Jed Wallace would always go and chase that ball down, maybe get hold of it, or force defenders to play it out, or force defenders to make a bad decision. And, and we don't do that anymore because we have no outlet, we have no width, and we have no one that's going to do that run. Um, we're crying out for a winner or someone that can play out wide because, for whatever reason, we've only got one at the club at the moment, and, and that doesn't work either. So there's a few issues, but the biggest issue, uh, you know, the elephant in the room is that Gary Rowett is a defensive manager. His team at the moment cannot defend, cannot keep clean sheets, and that. Without those, his team, you know, Millwall fans have accepted his rather dour Mourinho-style football of making sure we don't get beat and trying to nick something. And that's fine as long as it brings results. And we are now getting towards, you know, we're going to be in September tomorrow and we'll, we'll have Steve Morrison's Cardiff with Marlon Romeo on Saturday. Um, and it's got all the it's got all the ingredients of being a very difficult day at the den for all concerned. Because Steve Morrison will turn up with the intention of winding us up, of playing to the crowd, the gallery, like we've seen him do for many, many times before. And when he'll do that, Marlon Romeo will do the same. And there is a possibility that if they score first, which I'm pretty sure, you know, the pattern of this season has been that they will we will not come back from there. And, you know, if that's what happens, four defeats on a spin for Gary Rowick, five games without a win. Other clubs, bigger clubs, will make decisions and we'll get rid of we'll get rid of him. Um, whether Millwall do or not, I think it basically is dependent on who is available outside of that and whether or not John Brunson believes Gary Rowick has enough credit in the back to turn it round, but if he was to lose four, how many do we let it go before we make a decision? That's five, four losses, five without a win. How far would you let it go? I'm not too sure what the fixtures are after the Cardiff game, but it'd be an interesting point of discussion on the pod. Anyway, hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully we uh, we win on Saturday, but the way we've been playing this season, I really can't see it. Come on, your lines. Mike Hayden here. Hello, listeners. Um, following that defeat at Turf Moor last night. Difficult watch. Um, 
I thought we played quite well in the first half and defensively anyway. Um, it's always positive to you know get to half time at nil nil. Um, and let's not kid ourselves, although Burnley haven't had the best start to the season, uh, they've just come down from the Premier League, kept quite a few of their players, um, you know, and have obviously a you know a very good manager in charge in Vincent Company certainly at this level. Um, so you know, nil nil at half time wasn't a bad scoreline, um, and I think. We were disappointing going forward, though. Every time we got the ball forward, we just couldn't string a couple of passes together. Um, and like a lot of the attacking style for a long time now at Millwall, it, it's just hopeful sort of passes. I mean, there were a couple where, um, I think it was Vogelsama tried to play a ball through to Bradshaw, which was just blocked by the last um, defender. And, and, you know, a couple of those sort of nearly moments... Um, I thought Fleming's free kick was a fantastic effort um, and he, he looked quite bright all evening. But the main thing is, as I've, I've kind of seen for a long time under Gary Rowett, is that it's just the attacking plan is based on luck. Um, you know, it's it's relying on either a loose ball mistake or some sort of knockdown. There isn't an ability in the side at the moment to really sort of cut a team apart or you know, an actually nice move, which uh, kind of ends in in a goal. Um, even when we beat Coventry, it was the same situation. We just, you know, everything kind of fell to us in the box that day. Um, so that that is my concern. You know, it was good to see some changes in the team, um, but sloppy goals in the second half to concede. I mean, McNamara, I think this is why I don't think Rowett's completely sold on him is you know, lost his man at the back stick and let that in. And then Bart, unfortunately, another mistake today. He did make some good saves um, throughout the game, but, you know, obviously it was sloppy and, and just parried it straight back out for the second goal. Um, and, and that was us done. You know, if if you're going to kind of rely on lucky attacking, you've got to be defensively at the back because we're not always going to score the way that we play. So it was disappointing. Um but I would say that I'd ask fans, though, to be patient. And I know it's difficult because Rowett's been with us for quite a long time. But I can't remember the last time that we had um, basically a bit of a squad overhaul this summer. Um, lots of new players, some international signings. It's going to take time to bed them in. Um, so, you know, historically, we never start seasons well. And we haven't started particularly well this season but I think we've got to stick with it. Rowett's searching for that best side that he can play. Um, and, and I think we will improve. I don't know if I'm being over-optimistic, but I think we will. Um, I think once players kind of settle in a bit more, um, you know, I like on the whole what I'm seeing from Fleming and Vogelslama. Um, and I quite like that lineup yesterday that we, we played. So it'd be good to see something like that at home and, and see kind of how we how we kind of get on. But... Um, important to beat Cardiff on Saturday and hopefully get a bit of a good feeling back because um, already feeling a bit flat at the moment. But I, th- I think kind of keep keep the faith, keep the faith for now. Um, it's always difficult when you've got a lot of new players, uh, and hopefully we'll see some improved performances uh, in the coming weeks. Um, come on, you Lions! Hi Nick, just thought I'd uh, phone in with my thoughts on the on the match. Against Burnley, uh, John Rankin here. I thought defensively we looked in a lot better shape in the early stages. Sean Hutchinson played well. 
Burnley, obviously, a very, very good outfit. They had 70-odd percent possession um, during the game. It was our midfield, I think, that lacked any kind of composure on the ball. We didn't seem to win any second uh, tackles. And it was kind of inevitable that they were going to score in the second half. Very, very tough game to try and get something out of. But I feel that Rowett, again, is making poor, poor decisions in terms of how he organises these players. When you've got a team that plays possession football and can knock it around like Burnley can, having come down from the Premier, you need players in that midfield who can cover the pitch. And Billy Mitchell and George Honeyman, who've got the best motors in our squad, were left on the bench. Crazy, crazy decision-making, if you ask me. He seems to go from one extreme to the other, Gary Rowett. Um, he changes things and then kind of panics and seems to make change for change's sake. Shackleton is um, a good squad member, but he should not be starting ahead of Honeyman and Billy Mitchell. And the bright sparks in the game, obviously, for us was Ian Fleming. Vogel Slammer looked useful, um, but didn't have as much impact as I thought he might. But having said that, very, very little possession for those creative players to play with, and that was because of the midfield. There was just it was just totally absent. I don't think George Savile had the greatest of the games. And if you ask me, looking at the players, they seem very dispirited. Um, there doesn't seem to be a huge amount of communication on the pitch. They're looking at each other and blaming each other. And the two goals were pretty soft. Cresswell was woefully ball-watching on the first goal. And the second goal, well, you know, it's obvious that a shot's coming, that Bart's going to parry that out. So just stand still and watch the ball. Why don't you, Cooper and Hutchinson? You know, it's uh, uh, to me, it's some acts of a team that's kind of lost its way, really. And that's down to leadership. Leadership on the bench and leadership off the bench. Um, I think if we carry on playing as we are, we will do well to avoid relegation. And I think the clock must be ticking now for Gary Rowett. His project um, must be coming to an end. He's been indulged. He's got Cardiff on Saturday. I think that is a do or die. And when we get to the 10-game mark, uh, we should be looking for a replacement. One thing that is crystal clear to me, and it's based on evidence because obviously we're all, you know, so emotionally committed to, to Millwall that often we can just say things in the heat of the moment. But if you cast your mind back to last season when we had our very good run of eight um, undefeated games with quite a few wins in there, including some away victories as well, 
we had a squad of 13 to choose from. So the, the, the personnel decisions were kind of made for Gary Rowett. Now when he's got 23 or 24 or whatever it is, you know, 20 players available, he just cannot pick the right combinations. And I think that is clear evidence that um, he's making the wrong decisions. And managing a football club, just like managing a business, you have to get the big calls right. You know, you get them wrong and you lose. Or if you get them wrong in business, you, you, you sacrifice your profits and you struggle. There's no difference. So to me, that's the evidence that Gary Rowett cannot pick the right team from these combination of players. And I feel sorry for the players. They just are not being picked in the right position and at the right times. And the substitutions, the strategy is just nonsensical. Why do you bring players on with five minutes to go? It's just pointless. Very, very unimpressed. I, I think old GR has lost the plot, I really do. And he needs to go back and do some more of his FIFA courses and uh, get his head sorted out. But use someone else's club to uh, to bolster his CV. Thanks very much. Come on, you lines. Achtung, Millwall. No One Likes Us Clothing is the clothing range designed by Millwall fans for Millwall fans. Caps, t-shirts, polos, they've got it all. Visit noonelikesus.co.uk for the full range. Or if you're in Bermondsey on a match day, why not have a pint in the Blue Anchor pub and pick up a Nolu polo shirt, Nolu clothing at www.noonelikesus.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 